Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Well, good morning. Joanne leaned forward to me and said, uh, how are you going to follow that up? You can't follow that up, nor can I. Um, but if you have your Bibles um, and you're able to turn to the book of Luke, children, you are dismissed for a quick children's church. You say, does that mean the sermon's quick? Yes, I won't, uh, I won't keep you. It is great, and I hope that you uh, have heard the message of our children this morning. I hope that you hear... Uh, as they shared what Christmas is all about and the most important part of it. Again, they even talked about how how busy and how crazy our schedules can get, but how it needs to be centered around one thing we, we can easily and quickly forget. It is all about Jesus. It is all about God sending his son uh, to care for us and to love us. He demonstrated his love towards us, that even while we were sinners, that Christ would die for us. That's what Christmas is all about. And so this morning, uh, I want to continue this idea of Christmas faith. Last week, we looked at Joseph, and we were reminded that God has been working, and we remind ourselves, God's been working even ahead of time uh, in our lives. And so it's true with Joseph, God had been working Along all of the, from Adam on to when the angel came to Joseph in his dream and told him that his uh, engaged wife uh, was going to have a baby, and that she was pregnant. And yet he didn't have to fear. He could trust that God had a plan. She hadn't gone out and cheated on him. No, she had conceived a child because of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, that's crazy. It is crazy, but our God can do that. Our God did do that, and he did that on purpose, and there's a plan. Today, we want to look at Mary. Mary, I think of the shepherds or the sheep song, right? Mary had a little lamb, and how about our kids uh, doing the sheep dance? A little to the right, left, our kids wrapped today. Did you know that? Today we want to look at Mary and what goes on in her life in, in, uh, in Luke 1. So if you're able and you're willing to stand with me, let's read together Luke 1. And we'll look at verses 26 through 38. You can follow along with me. Luke 1, 26 through 38. And then we'll skip a few verses uh, that talk about Elizabeth and Mary going to see her. And we'll pick up on verse 46 then. And read through 55. Luke 1 verse 26. It says in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God. To a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said greetings O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying. and She tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give, you, give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, 
How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now let's skip to verse 46. Mary says, Oh, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. For his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Will you pray with me, Lord? We thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to look at it today and to be reminded that it is your love that transforms our lives, Lord. May you bless our time in the word here and the message that our children have even already shared with us. May that resound in our minds and may we take that in our hearts and may we ponder it just as Mary pondered the message from the angel. Lord, we love you and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Seeing the children up here it reminds me of, uh, of being a child. And I remember one of the fun things on a Sunday afternoon, right after church, one of my friends, Matthew, came over on that Sunday and he brought with him what were called GoBots. Anybody remember GoBots? They actually were put out before Transformers, all right, and, uh, in the early 80s. Uh, but they were much like Transformers, but they were kind of like the cheaper type, all right? Uh, but GoBots, my buddy Matthew had a bunch of GoBots, and he brought them over, and I remember going upstairs in my room, and we would play with GoBots, and we must have played for hours. GoBots were much like Transformers, uh, and Transformers, they were uh, machines, and, and my favorite was... Uh, was the plane, right? It was this uh, jet that would transform into uh, a person or a robot. And so you'd be flying along and then you meet the enemy and then you, it switches and then it goes and the person is ready to fight, right? And so we had these GoBots and Transformers. Uh, as the motto goes for Transformers, you probably know it, right? Transformers more than meets the eye, right? There's something more. Wait, it's a truck? No, it's a, it's a man that can fight, right? Bumblebee, right? It's a car. It's a yellow car. No, it's more than that. It's more than meets the eye, right? When we think of our lives and when we think about what Jesus has done for us, God transforms us. 
It's God's love that changes us. So when we think of Jesus coming at Christmas, it does something to us. And while we look as human, and we are, we're in the flesh, there's something that God does when we look at his love that's been poured out for us, it changes us. Now, if you change into a jet or a semi-truck, we're going to be a little bit concerned, all right? Uh, but there's something that happens internally to us. We see this with Mary. Here is the angel that comes and appears before Mary. And Mary is she's filled with fear. And yet, what is it that she is pondering? When we look at the text here, we see that the angel came to Mary in verse 28. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled... Not at the angel. Notice the text here. She was greatly troubled at the saying. And tried to discern what, what kind of greeting this was. Well, what kind of greeting did the angel give her? It says, oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. Amazing when we think about this, that an angel would come. You think about this in your life. If an angel of God appeared in your house today talking to you and came to greet you and said, oh, hello, Aaron, how are you today? But not just that, but coming to say, oh, Aaron, the one that God favors. Wait, wait a minute. God favors me? God looks upon me with, with, with excitement and gladness and joy? That's what Mary, as she's here, and again, remember, th this is some 400 years of silence after the silence of God talking to his nation of Israel through the prophets where we read in Malachi. And now we get to Matthew and the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Gospel message. And as we look at this, as here the angel now comes not only to Joseph in a dream, but here to Mary to say, listen, you are favored by God. It's, a, it's, it's leading to say, hey, there's something that God is going to do through you. And she's pondering and wondering, God, what do you have for me? There's a transformation that's taking place, even as the angel is talking to Mary. As the angel goes on, the angel says in verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus. That Yahshua will save. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The angel says, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. Your son... What the angel is saying to Mary is, your son is the promised Messiah. And he's coming to save his people. And he is going to sit on the throne of David. Here is Mary after all these years. The one that is going to carry the son of God, the Messiah. The one that the nation of Israel was constantly looking forward to. They were looking for this one that God had promised that God would give and he would deliver his people from the nations that ruled over them and 
the, the kind of turmoil and the kind of struggle that they continually had. And yet here was this promise to Mary that, hey, you are the one. You have found favor in the eyes of God and you're going to carry the son of David, the one who will rule on his throne and whose rule and reign is what? Forever. Which if you fast forward to Christ's death on the cross. And as Mary pondered all these things in her heart early on to kind of grasp hold what would come. And here was Mary at the end to see her son. The promise that he would rule and reign forever. Wait, now he's dying on the cross? But we know that Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave. He conquered sin and death. He showed that he truly is the mighty God that it speaks of here. When we think about this in our own lives, there's conflict, right? You have conflict in your life. I won't ask you to raise your hands if you had conflict on the way here today. All right? I don't want anybody to get a sharp elbow to the side. All right, there's conflict that happens in our lives every day. Here's Mary, and she's conflicted. What's taking place? What we see, though, is that the angel says, listen, don't be afraid. And ultimately, to have courage. And this is what we see about God's love and how it transforms us. Don't miss it here, because John talks about it in 1 John 4, verse 18, where it says, perfect love casts out fear. And so not only do we see a conflict, but when conflict arises in our life, we can see that there is courage that God gives us. We don't have to be afraid. But with that courage comes also a confidence, a confidence that doesn't happen in and of ourselves. We can't have confidence in who we are, but we can have a confidence in the transforming love that God shows us. That's seen in Psalm 143, verses 5 and 8. I love this because it talks about looking to the past, looking in the morning and listening to what has happened in the past. And then it's a cry out for help. God, would you, who there is none righteous like you, would you come and show me again your goodness and give me that courage? That courage we see comes from God. That confidence that only can come through him, that regardless of what takes place in our life, it's because of the love of God that God has changed us, that you can walk forward and be confident no matter what happens. David writes that psalm and he's asking God for deliverance and he's asking God for help. He needs to be reminded again of the truth of God and to have that confidence to be reassured. That's why we need to spend time in the word of God to make sure our confidence isn't in ourselves, but that confidence comes from God and from his word. What has he told you? What has he expressed to you? And then we can take confidence in him. And then finally, we see a conformity. Verse 38. The angel tells Mary about her, uh, her relative Elizabeth. And so she goes to visit her. We see later, but we see... That as the angel says this, nothing will be impossible with God. Now, in the context, again, 
This doesn't say that you can go and you can lift up an elephant later today. All right. This doesn't mean that you, you can now become a great star singer when you can barely carry a tune. You say, well, nothing's impossible with God. God isn't limited, but we are. When the angel says this, all right, it, it is a reminder that here is your relative Elizabeth who was barren, who is old, who is not capable of having a child, is now six months pregnant. And the angel shares that to help build the confidence in Mary to say, okay, what's going to take place in you is a miracle. Because why? Because God can do anything. Nothing is impossible. When we look at this, Mary said in response, verse 38, and before we look at her response, think about how your response would be. When you think about how God's love transforms us and makes us into something and someone new, we have that conflict and we can have courage and we can have confidence, but it ultimately it comes to this. When Mary says, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to, the, to your word. What does Mary do? She says, here I am. And ultimately for us, and again, I'm a pastor, so I try to make all these things, you know, start with the letter C. But we conform. We think about transforming. And it reminds me of what we just walked through in Romans, Right? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here we are, and we see Mary, I am going to conform to you. I'm going to be obedient to you, God. Whatever you would have, you do it in me. I'm here, I'm willing, and I'm able. That's the transforming love of God that can change us. As Mary walked through this message of the angel, she got to the point, she said, okay, I believe. When we think about Christmas faith, here's a great evidence of what it means to live by faith. She could have been overcome with fear. She could have said, no, I can't do this. And instead, what we see as she goes to visit her relative Elizabeth, we see this great song, this great anthem that she, that she shares about how God is faithful and about his mercy and his goodness because she sees God's promise brought to her and through her to the nation of Israel. Through her, the nation is going to know and will never forget her because God chose to use her. The transforming love of God is for us today. The truth is we love because God first loved us. You say, no, that's not true. Yes, it is. And I'm so emphatic that it is that you can't possibly love somebody else without the love of God because the Bible tells me that. God loved us and he sent his son. We celebrate that at Christmas. And the way and the reason why we can love is only because God loved us first. God loves you. You say, well, you haven't seen my life. I haven't. And I haven't walked in your boots. And I haven't walked in your shoes. I have no idea what's going on. But I can tell you this. God knows. 
God knows you better than anyone else. He knows exactly what's going on in your mind and in your heart right now. And he tells you that he loves you. And he wants to walk with you. And he wants you to understand him better. And he wants you to experience what it means to be transformed by his love. What does that take? It takes what Mary distributed here and showed us. May it be to me. God, may your transforming love change me today. I hope that's your prayer. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he wants to have an eternal relationship with you forever. You must surrender to him. You must believe that there is only one way. Well, that's very narrow-minded. I didn't come up with this. I'm not that good. All right? God's love is transforming because it's his love. It's the way he has said it. It's the way he has shown it. God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you, for me, for us. Christ died for you. He took your place. He took your sin upon the cross. It is a free gift. But what he desires is that you will follow and trust him. That you will give your life to him. And in response, we should be like, that's all I have to do? Here's my life, Lord. But see, we're so selfish and we want to hold on. That's the beauty of Mary's faith. She didn't hold on. She could have gave 101 reasons why she couldn't carry this child. But she didn't. For you, are you allowing God's love to transform you? If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, how's God's love continually, continuing to transform you? Have you built up walls? Are there things holding you back? We love. Why? Because he first loved us. The people around us will know about who Jesus is based upon how we love not only him, but how we love one another. It's a challenge to each of us to allow God's transforming love to continue to change us and to mold us and to make us more like him. God has been working. God's love transforms. And next week we're going to look at Simeon and Anna and how God keeps his promises. Isn't it great to see those of you who have walked through you you see how God has worked in the past and you have experienced the transforming love of God when he changes your heart. And then next week we'll look at God continues to keep his promises. He is faithful. I hope that you'll come and join us. Our choir has been working hard in preparing the choir cantata. Uh, and so I hope that you'll come back and join us next week. And I might allow my sermon to be this short too. Mm. And just think, that was one of our deacons. Mm. God's kidding. 
<laughs> In all seriousness, if you have never experienced the transforming love of Jesus, I invite you to trust him as your savior today. He changes your life. There's no better gift that you could ever have. If you have more questions, we'd love to talk with you. We'd love to walk through life with you. So if we can help in any way, we're here. Would you stand with me and let's pray together before we sing in closing? Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all that you have done for us. Lord, when you sent your son Jesus, and he lived a perfect and sinless life, born from a virgin, we celebrate at Christmas his birth. In a few short months, we'll celebrate at Easter his death, his burial, and his resurrection. The fact that he conquered sin and death, that he would take our place and our full punishment that we deserved, Upon his own shoulders, that because of his, his suffering and his stripes, that we would be healed. Lord, we stand in utter amazement because you would love us that much that we could spend all of eternity with you. We are grateful and thankful, Lord. We thank you for the way that you have demonstrated and showed your love to us. That even though we fall short of your perfect standard, you provided a way through your son, Jesus. I pray that we will allow your love to continue to transform us, to continue to mold us and make us into your image. That we will continue to bear Christ to a world that needs to hear and see your love demonstrated. We thank you, Lord, for our children. Thank you for the message that they brought to us. And Lord, even as the angels sang and our children sang this morning, may we sing as we go throughout our week this week of your goodness and your transforming love. Thank you that you've come to be with us, our Emmanuel. Lord, may we allow you in the fullness of our hearts and our lives as we live this week. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.